back to another episode of the Home Point Experience. It's your host, Justin Dion. And today we have a very special guest, Andrea Stakes, the show today. Andrea is only 24 years old and has created a very successful company called Integria Virtual Staffing. Andrea crafted Integria into a company that specializes in providing dedicated virtual assistants, perfect for small business or startup. And they are highly trained in real estate, lead generation, cold calling, and administrative tasks that is perfect for any CEO's life to make it a heck of a lot easier. Today, we're gonna be looking into what, why, and how Andrea was able to create this fantastic company. So welcome to the show, Andrea. I'm super excited to learn more about your company. So just introduce yourself and um, talk to us a little bit what led you to starting this your own virtual staffing company, which is super cool. Yes, for sure. Well, Justin, you are fantastic. It's been so incredible working with you. I think you have incredible energy and I love the value that you bring on your podcasts. Um, I think that, you know, bringing different people from different niches and areas, even if it's not just real estate focused, you know, the service providers who help. So um, I'm excited to be here and I appreciate you as always. Um, I'm Andrea Stakes, 24. I just turned 24. Oh man. I think we get, as we get older, things start speeding up and I'm like, gotta go harder. So I'm excited to talk about some of those things that I look forward to growing in my 24th year. Based out of Richmond, Virginia, I am Filipino American. So it's been beautiful that I've been able to bridge the gap between the niche of, you know, finding Philippine talent, top talent in the Philippines, to work with investors who are here in the States, tons of my friends all over the country. But I didn't just decide one day to, you know, wake up and say my dream is to become a virtual assistant Mongol or whatever. And so I I really it fell into my lap and I'm 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 excited to kind of talk about how I got started. So thank you. Yeah, definitely. So it just fell in your lap. What what do you mean by that? How does it just <laughs> fall in your lap? Because that's a it's a very different business, you know, like that doesn't just fall in someone's lap unless like you were like raised into it. And I don't think that was the situation though, right? Not at all. I was that beginner wholesaler working three jobs in dental school, found out about this real estate investing and started hearing things like generational wealth and financial freedom. Like, oh, like the TV shows, right? Like I'm going to go to school and make 80,000 a year and live my best life and have like 10 kids and, you know, clean teeth. And that I thought that was what it was, but I didn't know there was more. And so I um, started going to Ria's and I said, you know what? I want to be financially free. I want to be my own boss. I want to be able to have that control. I want to be able to serve people, you know, and I started going and saying, you know what, I'm going to make the big leap. I quit my jobs. Uh, well, I quit the dental office, dropped out of dental school, cashed out my 401k. I'm 22. My parents are like, you're insane. Everyone's like, are you crazy? Yeah, this is not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be, right? And so <laughs> I, um, I ended up doing that and jumping in and I uh, I failed <laughs> bad at being a wholesaler. I'm a terrible wholesaler, but I understand systems, processes, data, back end. You know, that was my my jam, if you will. And so I'm just not a closer. I don't like to negotiate. I don't like to um really, you know, be there on the hard sales. It's never been my thing. I I really um have just, you know, that my, my, I guess you could say my zone of genius is on the back end and also training. I love teaching. At one point I wanted to be a music teacher and teach middle schoolers how to play the tuba. So I have patience and I also love to understand people and take my time and uh, be around people. So when I found out that virtual assistants or VAs existed, I said, I need one of those. And then come to find out they're Filipino. I'm like, well, I'm Filipino. This works out. So 
Um, you know, when you, you cash out for your 401k at 22, it's like 700 bucks. So you're like, Oh, it's a lot of money. And, uh, where am I going to spend it? The first thing I said, I was like, I'm buying a VA. So I spent a grand on my first VA. Uh, she's still with me to this day. And she's been and worn every hat in the company up to where she found her zone of genius in my accounting department. Her name's Rose. Um, she's my girl. And you know, it, it really came into a point where I was having her cold call. She started cold calling and I was pulling data and, uh, we started out that way and I thought, you know, you know, with the shiny object syndrome and wholesaling, everyone's like, buy this, this coach is the best, this dialer's the best. You need actually, you need four dialers all at the same time. And you know what? You need to buy all the lists, all of them. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, you go into dental school, you buy yourself into dental school. Yes, you have to do the work, but at the end of the day, you leave with a degree and you clean teeth for your life. So you're locked in. It's not the same way. You can't buy into success in real estate or any business in general. You have to hustle. You have to have determination and you have to be disciplined. And I was like, whoa, learned very fast that, you know, having three dialers and not taking action doesn't you know, pay the bills. So I wasn't successful in my wholesale company, but I had a, a badass VA. She was killing it. I knew how to adjust and pivot and identify KPIs and identify what was working. And she was crushing it and bringing me all the leads that I didn't want to close. Right? Like I'm the opposite of what every other wholesaler is like, I wish I was you, but that's when I realized people started saying, Andrea, I wish I had a rose. I wish I had someone like that. Can you make my rose your rose? And I started training people's VAs and just doing it just to help. I started, I did probably like five or six people just like saying, hey, let's jump on a Zoom call, give you some advice just because I wanted to give. And then someone said, let me pay you. And I said, well, I'm not closing wholesale deals and I'm broke now because I don't have a third job. Uh, when you're Ubering in Best Buy, you only get so far. So I'm over here, um, you know, renting my friend's couch for $200 a month, you know, training VAs from this couch. And I ended up, you know, securing my first client. He was actually a friend. Uh, my first VA I ever trained was Jamaican. I don't know if you knew that, but she was Jamaican. She wasn't Filipino. And um, from there, I uh, trained her up through what I had trained and built for my VA Rose. And then two weeks later, they ended up closing a $30,000 deal from leads that they brought in. And he was like telling everyone and, you know, two people turned into five and five turns into 10 and it's been word of mouth. So my entire business um, has been by word of mouth. I've never spent a dollar on marketing for ads and I've been able to serve well over 400 investors. So it's been, that's how it fell into my lap uh, to be specific. <laughs> wow. That is, that is absolutely incredible. That's, that's incredible that you were able to realize what you were good at and what you weren't good at. Right. And that's like a super really very under under looked at skill, right? You call it the zone of genius. I love that term. Where did you get that term, by the way? Do you term that? I uh, know. I think it was an IG. I'm, I'm going to give credit to the anonymous. Uh, I love that. I love that. You know, I love how you were able to realize, all right, I'm good at this back end stuff. And, you know, honestly, in my business, I did the same. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a decent closer. I, I, I love to go out and I love to meet clients, but I know there's only so many clients I can go and meet. So if I can build a system that can generate a bunch of leads and then I can find people, coach, train them, mentor them to get them over there to go handle those leads on the back end, to go out to those appointments, to close the deals, to, to handle the rest of the end of the business, then you can rock and roll. You can scale the sky's the limit. And that's exactly what I found in my business too. But I just went a different direction, right? I just went on the more like, all right, let's, let's do exactly what we're doing here, but let's just, I like to use the McDonald method. Yeah. We have someone at the cashier. 
you got someone on the fryers, you got someone on the burgers, you got someone wrapping all the food together, right? Everyone has their specific jobs, specific tasks that they're really good at. They're zone of genius, as you say, and they get really good at it. And that's that's what we did too. But uh, I love that. I absolutely love that. So so you think you're, you're, one of my questions I want to ask you was, why do you think your company had so much success early on? And you're kind of dedicating it towards like, you know, you just had like some home runs. You, you got some VAs, you trained them up well, and they did really well for everyone else because they were good at closing. And then it just word of mouth and it just spread like wildfire. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. But honestly, to bounce off what you said, that's completely what it is. It's it's the McDonald's method, right? I had to put my pride to the side. That's what some my dad always taught me. He taught me two things, put your pride to the side and think 10 steps ahead. So I did both. I said, I cannot wear all these hats. Even though the thing we think about as solopreneurs, because that's what I was, I was a solopreneur. As a solopreneur, we're like, no one can do it as good as me. Nobody can do this the way I want it. And I had to say, stop. No, they can't do it the way I can because, you know, I, I have a method and a process and I will always have my style, but it's not like I can't build an SOP. I can't build a process that someone can follow. And also there's a level of trust to it. You know, you can't scale unless you have good people and you've built a team to see what you've been able to do and build your team and grow and and be okay with letting go and be okay with with not having control over everything. You know, the thing is we want to work on the business, not in the business, because if you work in the business, you will have horizontal growth opposed to vertical growth. And that's just what it was. And like that concept is like I could go into detail about the whole story, but you can apply that to every section of my story. When I ran into the problem of, you know, hiring VAs and letting them go to clients and realize maybe people actually need help on management, going into the problem of me scaling and understanding that I had so many client inflow, which is the best problem to have. But I was like, I cannot compromise my quality. I had to stop and say, how can I delegate to elevate my business? So mm, I love that. That's like uh, your guys slogan right there, too, right? I'm getting it trademarked. Ooh, Ooh, there we go. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I absolutely love that. Um, you know, one of my next questions was like, you know, what are some of the, the challenges? Like, obviously, like, this is a crazy way to jump in the business and have all this momentum off that. Like, that's that's very incredible. You must have dealt with some crazy struggles and challenges that you had to really overcome there. So what were some of those? And really, how did you overcome them? Yeah, it, that's definitely the part that no one likes talking about it, but it's my favorite. So I'm going to talk about it. Um, but really... My biggest thing was, you know, coming, I would say my first one, which I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, you know, I was 22 when I started, I got into a point where I was like, hold on. Um, I have three employees, right? They're, even though they're not employees they're independent contractors, but in, I treat them with them in the employee mindset. Um, but contracts and paperwork are what it is. Right. And um, I was like, hold on. How am I supposed to be a CEO, let alone a boss, let alone a mentor, a trainer, a teacher, someone to look up to when I've never held a management position in my life? I applied for Chipotle, did not let me be a kitchen manager. Uh, Nybahar Dental Care said, nope, you're not ready to be an office manager. Best Buy was like, you're doing great at customer service. Keep doing it. You're so nice. And no one ever wanted to promote me ever. And I was like, there's something wrong with me. And I'm like, hold on, maybe I, I said, I can't lead from a, a place of, oh, my resume is all leadership skills. I'm, I'm, I've been a boss before. I'm like, heck no. I was scared out of my mind. I thought these people would never have respect me or, or listen to me. 
But I realized the first challenge I had was you need to change your mindset, Andrea. I need to understand that I've been an employee. I've never been a boss, but I know what I wanted from my mentors, from my upper, you know, uh, management or CEOs or whatever. I know what I liked and how they supported me and what was best for me. So I led from a employee standpoint. And from there, I realized, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated is another golden rule um, that it, it applies to what it is. And I realized also, you know, granted, every business needs SOPs, a process, because if it isn't, you're not running a business. If you don't have KPIs, you're not running a business. But you also don't run a business if you don't have a good culture. And that was one thing I said from the start. I can be a leader, but I can lead with empathy. And I can be a leader who has a great culture, but also has very, very high standards. And I didn't know that two worlds could coexist. And I realized they could. And I, I dug into it. And I said, this is what I want through everything that we do. So that was a big, big um, turn for me. And then just other other challenges as far as like pivoting, you know, I guess you can take the same concept, you know, when you... uh Blockbuster. When I was a kid, me and my pops, he would take me to Blockbuster. I'd get to choose one movie and one candy. And that was it. And it was like once a week, like every Friday, we'd have movie weekend. And then Blockbuster started closing. And I was, little Andrea was so upset. But if you think about it, that's when Netflix started taking over. You think about Toys R Us. Toys R Us used to be there. And now Amazon and all these online, you know, stores are accommodating, especially with COVID. Toys R Us and Blockbuster did not pivot. They did not move and change when challenges came, when they started to realize competitors were coming in. So for me, it's not necessarily competitors, but when I was faced with a challenge or a roadblock, um, a lot of it, a lot of times it was like finding out what was the best fit and what can I do to best serve my clients because their success is mine. How was I going to pivot and then being able to do it fast? But um, I think the biggest thing, you know, uh, is just me getting to a point of understanding I'm new to business, but I know I know that my product is is quality and I know my product serves and I know the mission and vision behind it. So no matter what challenge, because there's fires every day and there always will be, it never stops. As long as you got a good team and a good culture and a good mission and vision that backs it, you will be able to face any challenge. It does not matter if you're a beginner wholesaler or if you want to start a flower company and you know roses are dying, how are you going to pivot? You're starting a wholesale company, you spent $10,000 on, on data, how are you going to pivot? It's just, you have to understand you have to take action and you have to make sure you document everything because I can look back at my old spreadsheets and also take a moment to not just say, how am I going to pivot? But also say, Andrea, pat on your back, girl. You, your, your sheets, your Google sheets were, were terrible. They were ugly. And now you've got a process. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a win-win on both ends. You get to motivate yourself, but also give yourself grace. So that's how it's usually been for me. I absolutely love that. I, I really got to give you credit, Andrea. Like you're very intelligent. Like you were able oh. to hit all these roadblocks through the the growth of growing your business, your business, right? And like you were able to figure out all these things. Like, all right, I gotta, I gotta be change my mindset here. All right, I gotta, I gotta learn that. I gotta, I gotta have the mindfulness to understand that I have to pivot sometimes, and I have to understand that these past businesses they failed because they didn't pivot, right? Mm -hmm. Like. 
that's not something like that's very normal for people. I hope you know that, right? So like that, that you're very intuitive, right? And that, that's a skill itself right there. But what are the things aside from changing your mindset really helped you overcome, like to understand these things, right? Did you have a coach? Do you read a lot? Like what's the, what, what, what made Andrea, Andrea, right? Wow. I love that. Well, I definitely believe everyone needs a mentor. I'm blessed to have really great friends and mentors in my life. People, you know, all my friends are either, all my friends live in the Philippines or they're like over like 35. So most yep. of the time when it comes to business or regular life, cause I'm still a 24 year old, you know, female Gen Zer, I'm, I don't know everything. Like I'm still finding out about go-go music and, and finding about taxes. Like all these things can be new, but having a mentor and somebody to reach back for anything is so important. I have a mentor on the spiritual side. I have a mentor in business. I don't have one thing I will say that's been a challenge actually is that I don't have a mentor who does virtual assistants, you know? Um, I don't have like a person I can say who owns their own. They know in real estate, you're like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a real estate investor. I've been doing this for years. And like you get to, you know, tap into them, be like, what happens when this deal goes to die in title and all this stuff? I don't really have to say, hey, what happens when um I, you know, my attrition rate gets to this level? And it's like, who do I ask? <laughs> so that actually is one thing um, I haven't. So I, I like to tap into multiple people who have multiple different businesses, whether it's real estate, whether it's different areas. Because honestly, if you take away the subject matter of your problem, everyone's had the same problem. Everyone's gone through the same thing. It's a scenario, just a different niche, different battle, a different time, a different whatever. And they've gone through it. So what I really like to do um, is not read. I don't like to read actually. Um, maybe an audiobook here and there, but I like to observe and see people who are doing great. Um, I believe in analyzing rooms and analyzing people that I admire, people that I want to be like, and I listen to them and maybe their podcasts and maybe I just like to hang around with them and like see how they move. And I, I find it, I find that you can learn so much by just observing people and you get to see the play before it happens. And when you yeah. execute and you get to see yourself in there you already know what happens next. And that's the 10 step ahead rule. But I just got to say, hey, hey, dad, I just kind of upgraded it a little bit. And I'm looking like 45 steps ahead. <laughs> Uh, at the end of the day, it's a chess, it's a chess match, right? You got it. You got to understand where it's going and what, what you're going to be doing to it. You know, like, you know, one of the questions I want to ask you is like, where do you see the future for a virtual assistance, especially in your company with real estate? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, it's been crazy. You know, now we have well over 150 agents. That's people in the Philippines, all over the Philippines. I've got single moms, I've got dads, I've got everybody in between, you know, we don't discriminate in Integria and it's been beautiful to see them build. And I will always, always be able to provide top talent who's able to do outbound prospecting for investors. If you need a cold caller or someone to handle SMS marketing, admin, you know, helping with data cleanup, like that will always be my niche and my, my, you know, my first love, if you will. And I will always love it, but I've been able to delegate all of it. And I, um, I don't actually have to really touch my real estate business because I have good people in the place of me. So the growth with Integria is actually just branching out into different branches, you know, um, real estate will always be able to serve and help and tap into investors. But I actually just started Integria Logistics. So we're going to be moving into a logistics company helping with freight and uh, trucking and, you know, CDL, essentially moving into also social media management, general virtual assistants. So 
I just believe like virtual assistants can do anything. I have a, I have an executive assistant who does everything from making sure I'm accountable for my workouts to scheduling my eyebrow appointments, to making sure I'm getting on client meetings, checking my emails, social media. I have people who do all of those things. There's nothing a virtual assistant cannot do unless it's like mowing your lawn. Um, granted, they're not magical creatures who can just do 50 things at once, but think about it. COVID hit, right? And it shifted everything. The whole entire world had paused and had to pivot. How many people are still working from home and they've been an office job for how many years of their life? Because it's what they're supposed to do. So many things can be done from a computer. I'm having this podcast with you. I've already connected with multiple investors over across the world. And like I'm able to do this with the power of internet and a laptop. So a virtual assistant can ideally do anything else that they want. And there's so many business owners that would help with low cost and reasonable outsourcing prices, right? And on the virtual assistants end, they get higher standards of living because if you think about it, the average salary in the Philippines is less than $3 an hour. And we're offering higher than that to start. So they're getting higher standards of living. They get steady work in an environment and the culture that I've built within Integria where it's not, I'm just, I'm not just pulling and throwing VAs. I'm bringing them into our culture to keep them empowered. And they love that because it's a, it's a work from home environment where it's like kind of like that office setting, but we just don't have real pizza parties. We have virtual parties. And then my investors get that. So it's like, there's so many opportunities, but there was a couple I threw out there that we're starting on now. And I uh, want to keep expanding and keep seeing how many people I can provide value to. So there's a lot of stuff, Justin. We're we're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, well, I think like you know, with your business, like like times as rough they are, you know, for your business, it's actually for the positive. Like it's it's going to be more relevant, I think, in the future, which is puts you in like the best spot possible. I would say uh, one of the main things that you did with your business is one of the main things that I've been always in the back of my head trying to do with my business, and it is to delegate growth right? So you have the system built, SOP process said and done. And you, all you got to do is like, you just got to keep going, right? For a lot of people, as they scale, there's, there's, there's things, there's speed bumps. There's so many of them, especially as you scale, but the way you build your business. So, so culture focused, so system focused, SOP process focused that, um, that you're able to delegate growth in a way that it can keep expanding essentially. And that's like one of the most crucial things I think like to a lot of people's success, because like right now, like I believe your company is essentially ran completely essentially by virtual assistants itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk on that a little bit. So you have a virtual assistant company ran by virtual assistants, right? Exactly. I so love that. It, yeah. How, how, how do you, how do you go about that? Right. You're still able to make profit at the end of the day too. And you're still able to take care of them and their families, which is crazy. Yeah. It's, it's like truly a win-win, right? And I felt like that was where I felt good about, you know, sometimes I might feel like um, if I wanted to be a wholesaler, there might be a homeowner that might be just in a really bad situation. We can do all we can, but maybe acquiring their property would help, but it wouldn't really help. And I felt like this was like the most fulfilling for me. Um, the VAs, they get those jobs, my investors, they win. So it's truly that win-win scenario. And, um, you know, to scale that and feel good about it, it, it was awesome. So Really, I started the same way I kind of, I briefly mentioned about Rose and she went through and wore all the hats. I hire within and I promote within. So, you know, everyone else has been immersed in the culture typically. And 
uh, we bring them up and we allow opportunities to get them excited for growth. And, um, you know, scaling out, I start with one thing and I usually just start by taking off that first hat and I say, this is something that is a dollar per hour task that I can teach and I can train and I can build. Who's going to take it? And I find someone who fits that. I find my super analytical personality types, like my C, if you're looking at the disc scale, the C personality types, like very detail oriented. I put them on back end data, handling, you know, uh, workflows, handling tech tickets, handling all that. Cause that's, that's what they love. That's their zone of genius. And then I find that and I say, I hate it. I don't want to touch it. I don't even know how to like close out of my browser sometimes. And it's just like, you know, you delegate the things that you don't like to do, but you have to do it first. One thing is like, you have to make sure that you drink your juice before you pour it, right? You can't just be like, all right, yeah, I'm getting the VA and I've never cold called in my life and I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to, don't be young Andrea who started and didn't want to cold call. So I got a VA to do it. You have to make sure you actually experience it, build your process, know your expectations because you have to know how to do it. Then you hand off. I started that by handing off, you know, the back end. Who's going to help my investors get set up with their dialers, their systems, their process? Boom. You're going to do it. I know you do it well. I want you to thrive. We move that. And then I say, what's next? I don't like bookkeeping. I don't like accounting. I don't like to deal with numbers. I, I, I really am bad at math. I've always been bad at math, but it's important. So then I had to go through QuickBooks training myself, understand how you know, to keep my profit and loss sheets, understand what I couldn't even spell PL at one point. So I was like, you know, what the heck? So I had to learn that and I outsourced it. So I went through every department and, you know, now I have an operations team, which are, these are people who work and run my real estate business, about 25 people. So these people are on my payroll and these are the people who will handle and oversee from quality control to people with uh, workforce management. I have HR departments. I have people who are helping with client success. And, you know, they all work together. They all have meetings and strategy meetings and make sure, making sure that checks and balances are made. But that would have never been built if I didn't start each one by one and slowly hand it off. And if you think about it in a real estate perspective, everyone's like, I'm a solopreneur. I want to wholesale or I want to, you know, buy and hold or flip or whatever strategy. There's like 80 something ways to make money in real estate, right? So whatever you do, you have to, I would genuinely just say, take a piece of paper. This is why I, I, I whiteboarded it, right? I wrote down every single thing I did. And what I did is I was on my laptop. I put my whiteboard to the side. And as I did something, literally checked email, wrote it down. What else am I doing? Okay. I just opened up a list, Ch- opened up list, exported data, then I start, I would cold call or whatever that might look like. I wrote every task down. All of a sudden I'm like, dang, I look, a, I do a lot of stuff during the day. Like this is, ah, I felt good about myself, but I realized, oh, it's a lot of stuff and I'm doing a lot. I do a lot, but I don't do a little of each one. Right. So you're not, you're, you're, you're pouring into so many cups that they're never full. And so I said, out of all these cups, what can I easily do? I, what do I understand? What can I easily build on and build a SOP? And for everyone knows, it's a standard operating procedure. An SOP is something that you should be able to go in, write up, and hand it over to somebody's boyfriend watching the Super Bowl, and they'll be able to follow your process. You can hand it to a seven-year-old. You can hand an SOP to a virtual assistant in the Philippines. You can handle it to someone who doesn't even know about real estate. They should be able to follow it. It's a guide, right? So I could build something like that because I knew the steps. It's not like I say, hey, do this job, just figure it out and do it on your own. You have to know it. So I 
essentially made sure they knew they knew and understand those. I knew those things, and then I could pass that to them, and then move through each person. So, you know, overall, essentially with it, I had to make sure that as I stepped through and I looked through my list and pulled those things, I was fully letting it go and letting it go confidently. And eventually, the list gets smaller, and maybe you just teach someone how to run a comp, and you don't have to do that anymore, and you have more time building relationships with your sellers. So uh, that's really how I delegated and maybe gives you an idea of like anyone who listens, how you can do it yourself. This is for any business. So. Yeah, I love that. And uh, you know, one thing I was really thinking there was like a new investor coming into this, right? A lot of them don't, don't understand that mechanism, you know, but what is great for your company, you, you built it so good and you train, you educate so well that they don't have to build their own SOP process. Like they don't, a lot of them don't even know what SOP process is, right? I didn't learn about it until like eight months ago, right? And I'm like over here, like SOP, what was that? You know what I mean? And I'm sitting down here, I'm like, oh shit, I should probably do this for everything now. And I started really running through my whole business. Like I'm a very systems guy, but I just never put it on paper, right? And I just expected everyone to know the process because in here it runs smoothly. Um, But until you actually write it down, break it down and make it so it's seven-year-old can understand it. No one else does, but you know, working with a company like yourself, like that's really your advantage there is you might be paying a little bit more than going ahead, training, teaching, coach them yourself, of course, but you don't have to, if you work with someone like yourself. And that's like, that's one of the things that I understood. I was like, all right, either I go and get my own VAs, train them, coach them myself again, wearing another hat, or do I just take this hat? Don't even put it on. You know what I mean? Just just hire Andrea's company, pay her a little bit more, and I'll get you know best of both worlds there. And that's really what it's. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things for a new entrepreneur or solopreneur or anyone that's getting into the startup game that's never been into it before is understanding that you got to take off those hats. You got to figure out which ones you can take off quickest, and that you got to first do them first. You got to wear the cap. You got to know it. You got to get it dirty. You got to wear it down before you give it to someone else. You know, it's like you bring it over to Savers and then give it to them, and then they can take it, resell it, whatever it is. There we go. <laughs> but that's so great that you were able to do that, and I think that's one of the the main things that was really pushing your you along there from your intelligence, really keeping your business going smoothly. So that, so that's really great. So for, for a novice investor, you would recommend them to drink their own juice first, right? Break down the SOP process. Anything else that you would recommend them to, to start their, get, get their own VAs going? Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. If I looked at 22 year old Andrea, who was just starting her business and she was looking at what 24 year old Andrea has now, I would have been like, heck no, I am not hiring a VA from her. She's too expensive because I would have had that mindset and that's okay, you know, because I didn't know. I didn't know better, but also I was not ready for a VA. I am not the only place to get virtual assistants, right? Um, I can't even serve everybody. There's 7 million people in this world. I won't be able to serve them all, but I can serve the people who are the right fit. And if people aren't the right fit, as in you're starting out, you have a limited budget, you have to understand before you even start with a VA, there are things and you have to prepare to have that VA be successful, right? Making sure you have proper and quality data is that's your results are all contingent on data. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm picking up the phone, you are, you know, someone's cousin is who doesn't know real estate. Motivation's motivation. If they want to sell, they want to sell. So if a VA from the Philippines gets on the phone, you know, and your data is not quality because you're investing more money in me then I might not be your best fit because I don't, I don't believe in just pitching this service and getting someone to start just to start because ultimately my client success 
is my success. So if you're not pulling in right data and proper KPIs and not being successful, you're not going to be able to have deals to fund more marketing. So it's all about ebb and flow. And so the first thing I would recommend for any wholesaler, whether you've worked with BAs in the past or you haven't, is it doesn't matter who you go to or it doesn't matter how much you spend. Make sure that your foundation, your systems, and you have a great marketing plan. Don't be the person who's like, I'm going to prop stream and I'm going to buy a list and I'm going to call it and I'm going to see what happens. No, don't do that. Please, please have an idea. Why are you calling? Who are you calling? How much are you calling? And what are you going to do after the call? Are you going to build your pipeline? Are you, do you have a marketing plan? What are your next 10 steps? Because when you talk to me and if you come to me, I'm going to ask you that just the same way I did with you. Oh, yeah. I want to make sure you got your dialer. You have your systems because I will not set any of my VAs up to fail. And I will never have an entrepreneur come to me that I see is struggling where I don't say where I don't give that advice to and just say, join. I will tell you, hey, you need to take a step back. This is my advice. I think you should set this, this and this up. Let's revisit when you get there. I will more than happily do that because I wish that someone did that for me instead of selling me product, selling me service when I just was, let me buy everything, you know? So just make sure you prepare yourself and think 10 steps ahead and understand that also, like we can also get into in a second, the difference between the $4 and all the different VAs, but make sure you got your stuff set up. So. Definitely. I absolutely love that. I think that's so true. And I think that's, that says a lot about your success with your company, right? Because you are having success. You, you, you know, you, you check in on the investors, you see what's going on with them and see if they're even in the right shoes to even accept your services. Right. Like I know for myself, I, I went through a bunch of different virtual assistants before I landed with your company and I was landed with your company. I knew about it before I even tried all other virtual assistants. You know, everyone's talking about your company, Integria, like that's the go-to all, all the, all the big investors, wholesalers, whatever. They're all mentioning it. If you go to any of the Facebook. So I was like, all right, she's probably good. But then I looked at the prices and I was like, all right, it's a little bit more expensive than I I wanted to budget for right and then i went all right let's go let's go find someone that's more affordable right i'll teach it myself i'll coach it myself i'm already doing that with all my all my team already right and i went and did that and i realized that it's it's never worth to cut your value it's never worth to go the, the, the cheap way because you're going to get cheap stuff back you know mm-hmm. it makes so much more sense for someone in my position just to hand that off to someone like yourself and although it's a little bit more expensive it's totally worth it right mm-hmm. and uh again like stuff like the small stuff right you go above and beyond and making sure that they're all set up ready to go which is absolutely huge yeah i would love to hear about like uh, I mean, besides from what I already mentioned there, what, what are some of the differences, I guess, between working with someone, teaching, coaching them yourself, going to find them off right. uh, places like Fiverr, Upwork, um, you know, I don't even know. Uh, there's a couple of ones, um, onlinejobs.ph I heard was pretty good um, versus, you know, working with a company like yourself. Exactly. And I love that question because I get to give you just an honest answer. There are, there's so much talent overseas and it doesn't have to be just the Philippines. Like I said, first VA train was Jamaican. There's talent in India, there's talent everywhere. So understanding that, you know, like you said, if you do invest into the cheaper things in life, if we go to Dollar Tree to buy something opposed to, you know, a higher end store, you'll see the quality difference. Granted, at the end of the day, when you can see virtual assistants that are at like the three, the four dollars an hour, like that's an average, you know, I pay my virtual assistants at four to start in my company. Um, But of course, since I have a management fee, uh, ultimately, we do have that. And the difference is really in it's I would say more so, yes, the management, 
but it's your commitment level. Like if you're going to be spending less, great, your overhead's lower, but your time is what you will really be dedicating. Your time in managing HR, managing the attendance, managing the overseas payroll, managing all of the contracts, independent contractors' contracts, IRS forms, dealing with your taxes, dealing with their taxes, dealing with their healthcare, dealing with quality control, KPI management, making sure that you know everything is all in one place. You have to then say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm spending $4 an hour or even less. Like this VA is coming to me, Andrea, your, your services, da, da, da. I hear you. It's cheaper. Go, but be prepared. And I will always tell you what to do. Just prepare to do this, 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 and I'll list them all because I've done them. I'm not hiding anything. I tell people all the time, this is what you need to do if you get your own VA, so do it. And But understand that you've just added 15 hats to your bucket that I've already delegated. And I also know that for you on your end, you know, there are investors who have VAs and they have a tight-knit team and maybe they've, they've built a culture around it and they already have a process so it's easy to bring someone in-house. Great. And I still recommend that. But for a beginner wholesaler or someone who hasn't worked with VAs or who just doesn't have the time, understand that there's two things we will never get more of in this world. It is land, unless there's a volcano, and time. We don't get more of it, right? Never, It will never come back to us. So essentially, you have to think about what is the most important investment. A couple bucks more for an agency who's going to take care of you and create the culture and you know do the micromanaging? Or do you want to commit to that? And it's okay if you do. If you want to be that person and put on those hats and have that VA be your right hand and you're okay with handling those things, do it. But understand that sometimes making the investment for a company that actually really wants to see your success and that actually is contingent on your success <laughs> to be successful, it's usually not a bad idea. So um, I'm I'm blessed to you know be serving so many clients, hundreds of clients all over the United States, and have a very low attrition rate with my virtual assistants. And seeing them thrive and seeing our company grow, um, it's it's been awesome. And then I hear you know I get another call with an investor who's like, I went on Fiverr and I went on online jobs, or I talked to the VA that slid in my DM and I'm back. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, it's okay. You got the experience. Now let's get to work. So. Definitely. Definitely. That's awesome. That's so true. Uh, w- one question I really have for you is, um, you know, a lot of people when they're in business, it happened to me a few times. I've, I've probably tried to start like 10 businesses up until this one, honestly. Um, and you know, a lot of the reasons for that was, was I would start a business and I wanted to see like, all right, if I start three at the same time, one will take off one another. And then what would really happen is one would hit a, hit a roadblock and I'd move over to the next one and start working on that. Right. And I know obviously like your success definitely helps having good success right off the bat, but you hit roadblocks and I understand that you have your, your vision for it, which definitely helps. But what also helped you from not going and doing everything because you were, you were dived into wholesaling, realized this isn't for me. I'm good with this. I'm going to go into this and I'm going to stop at nothing until it's, it's where I want to go. And you know, I'm, I'm just very curious because that's a, that's a skill in itself too. Yeah. So right now, for example, I'm trying to start three different companies at one time. So I'm in that place, right? So what I'm doing literally with each of them, um, and it's, it's been awesome for me is I've documented my entire real estate journey throughout this whole time. So I already know the common roadblocks, but I know with each niche, there's going to be something that comes up. So what I'm doing is I'm starting by building the same way okay, I need to have someone to handle my clients. So my find my person who's going to be able to be a copy of me and be able to have the same, 
you know, empathy and the same energy as me and they can replicate that. And I find those people and I find out how I can serve the people. Then how, right? So I need to find the people and then I have to find my recruiter. So after the recruiters, we go into how do we check the quality of those people? And then hold on, we got to train them. And so then you get the trainers in and then from the trainers, you got to make sure you got HR, you know, you got to sign contracts. So I basically am structuring it and starting it the same way. But as I go along, I've realized I need to appoint and give leadership to people and say, listen, here are my lessons. So it's been crazy being able to say I am a mentor to people. I am a mentor. I get to tell people my experiences that I've been through so that when they run through it, because I know they will, they get to come to me and I get to guide them. It's not Andrea. We have fires everywhere. You have to go. It's Andrea. Hey, this came up today. I handled these other things, but I need help on this. Okay. You do this, 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 boom. And they implement. You need to have, I guess building a team is like a deck of cards, right? So we have 52 cards in a deck, right? And you have different classes and different types of cards. And at the end of the day, you have to identify your four aces. And it's hilarious because I told this to my team actually in our last meeting, um, one of the guys on my team's name Ace. So I was like, Ace, you're my ace. But I have, you have to have your four aces or whoever, how many aces that might look like in your team, right? And I'm, I'm blessed to say I have to have actually multiple aces. And those people are what I said before. They're replicas of you. They know how you move. They can implement and they can, they can take action on things the way you do. And it's, it's not easy because there are 52 cards and there's only four aces. So you have to identify them. And then from there, with each ace ace and each uh, class, you have to make sure they have the right people under them. What I just laid out, quality, training, HR. And then each of those things, whether I have real estate, logistics, social media, they're all different classes and niches. They have to have those teams on operating under. And maybe the other cards are my, you know, the other 50-something guards are just my virtual assistant and my staff who is the lifeblood of the business, Right. But you have to make sure that you identify the roles, but you also have to make sure this is really going to be a bar. You always have to watch out because every deck of cards has jokers. So you have to make sure that you don't have people um, in your business that are jokers. You identify them fast. I know you've heard of it. Hire slow and fire fast. And I'll tell you one thing. It's sad when you hire slow and someone looks like they're doing great, but then you realize you were just one of those jokers. So my advice is um, when you're getting ready to scale, especially doing multiple things at multiple times, maybe you're going to multiple markets, make sure you have your aces. And if you don't have enough aces yet, maybe you should just stick with the hand you have. Everyone is dealt a hand of cards. Some of us come into business and they sleep on a couch for $200 a month and they spend their 401k on BAs. <laughs> like maybe that's their deck of cards. You have to play with the hand you're dealt. Maybe you're blessed and you have a great W-2 job and it's six figures and you get to use that to supply and supplement your business. That's your hand. But make sure that no matter what situation you're in, although the cards might be shuffled up and you might not have an ace for the next couple games, you realize that you have to play with what you have and you can't act like you have those things in your hand. You have to be honest and you have to play with what you're dealt. So that's awesome. That's absolutely gold nuggets right there. That is 
<laughs> that was some good stuff there for mm-hmm. real. That was awesome. So you pretty much built a system for building businesses even. Yeah, I don't even know if you knew that, but you did. <laughs> Multiple things. That's pretty awesome. So um, two questions. Uh, firstly, how do you really find a good ace? Right. Because that's that's a really hard thing to do. And that's something I'm doing now, too. I'm trying to build a couple other businesses as well, building a real estate brokerage. Um, you know, I have a skip tracing company, a data company I'm building out, a bunch of other things as well. Um, you know, and that's one of my struggles. So personally and for the audience, how do you find your aces? I'll tell you what, you don't read resumes. <laughs> you don't read them. Um, here's the thing. Granted, of course, I mean, before you get in the door, I got to make sure you got some qualifications. Um you find your ace, the man, I can tell you the aces on my team, they are hard to find. And when they find you, that's the thing. I just said it. When they find you, um, you don't really have to go. Yes, you search. Yes, you put a job post out there. But your ace will know that you're theirs and you're their their person. And I know that might be sappy, but you guys will be aligned. You guys will share the same energy. You guys will be aligned, not just because their resume fits your characteristics, your qualifications, because they understand and they have that, that, um, I guess you could say like the same eagerness and they share the same mindset. And if they are empowered by your mission and vision in your company, that's how you identify ACE. I do not care if you have 15 years of experience in another company, because I have Two years of work experience in my life. I have, I don't even have a college degree and I'm well overqualified to be a CEO that I am. And I can say that my ace can be somebody like my current ace. She has worked and she was at less than $3 an hour when she started with me working basic tasks. And now she oversees a department of over 50 VAs. That's my ace. Did I know she was my ace when she was doing admin? No, but I knew when she found me and told me, Andrea, I want more. Andrea, I want to grow. I said, that's my ace. And ace shows up every single day and they say, how can we win? Not how can I make myself look better? An ace is somebody who has the we mentality, the the mentality of, you know, I, I so believe in the mission that I'm able to provide that I will do anything and everything because I am in tune with it, with the rest of the aces. They have to, they, and you can't have an ace who's just an ace by themselves. You have to have people who work well together. So um, how do you find your ace? You let them find you and um, really just make sure that you don't look at just a resume because um None of my VAs looked at mine, and I think that I qualify to be their boss. So, I'd say so at least for sure. You seem like a very excellent boss. Oh, if I wasn't a boss myself, I wouldn't mind working for you, Andrea. Ah, uh, sure. well, uh, you know, but if all these companies that are going to spearhead don't work out, you come work with me. But I <laughs> successful. Sounds good. I'm Sounds good. So, if you don't want me asking, um, I know besides like um, you know, getting into logistics things, what are your other businesses that you're starting? Yeah, well, really moving into those. Um, I mean, I it's really if you just want to know. I've uh, got I'm going into car rentals, so like kind of the Turo area. Love that. Side. I think it's gonna be awesome. Um, goals are to retire mom and dad. You know, get them some car rentals or figure out whatever they want to do. Um, I think that there's there's so many ways to make money in this world, and as long as I can handle it and I'm being realistic with myself, uh, why can't I try for them all? Um, I will say, though, 
The VA world is my baby and I love it dearly and I love the feeling I get from it um, because at the end of the day, yes, we're trying to grow and at the end of the day, money it makes the world go round. I'm not you know, trying to do it for necessarily a charity work, but I find fulfillment in it that doesn't just look like a Stripe deposit. I find fulfillment and as long as I'm finding fulfillment, doesn't matter what kind of business it is, um, that's what I want to be at. And so right now, the VA world continuing to branch on that tree is really my main goal. But I'm always down to uh, maybe entertain a Forex Instagram. Or I'm just joking. But I don't know. For now, just different niches in, in the VA world. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely do. And the tarot is a great, great choice. I've been looking at that myself. Um, you know, a car uh, came came in, into my life somehow. So I'm like, all right, well, now I have two cars potentially. So I'm going to probably rent one of these out and get some cash. Why not? Right. So I love that idea. Um, do you happen to own any properties? Are you getting into that at all? Actually, no. It's so funny. You know, I, I don't really like real estate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I really don't. I don't like toilets and tenants and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think I will. One of my goals this year is to buy my first property in the States and also buy my first property in the Philippines when I get to go. Um, so it is a goal of mine. I mean, I could do it now um, if I wanted to. But, you know, I think everything in the right timing. Um, I think right now I've been in a weird place of like, do I want to live in the Philippines for half the year and then come here half the year? So I don't know yet. And I'm, I'm really, I'm blessed to say that I can be anywhere in the world. As long as I have Wi-Fi, I'm able to work. Um, so for now, no, but it's, that's always a possibility. And I, I have some good friends in my back pocket that I can ask and I'll say, Hey, Justin, uh, is this a good house? Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love, I love that you're super hyper-focused, even, even what, what you're doing right now. And I think that tends to a lot of your success. And even if you want to go do other things, the thing that you did here, which a lot of people never really get to when they're trying to start businesses, they build, they build the bridge, right? You built your bridge, right? Your, 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 your ship is sailing down the road. It has a navigation course. It has a captain. It has, it has crew members. It has everything it needs to get to the other end without you even being there. You don't even have to be on the boat, right? So like at that point in time, it's like, all right, either I can make this boat bigger somehow where I can grow this boat and that's like branching into other areas uh, inside the virtual assistant world or it's like all right I can go work on my next boat now yeah. you know uh, and then I can start building that up and like what you said is great I get my ace my captain right and then it needs team members your crew members right I, I love the boat analogy I because I, I've been telling myself this analogy for the longest times until I could get stuck in my head like I need to do that Right. And it took a while for me. It took me years of entitlement and trying to grow and be successful in life to realize that one thing right there, uh, which you've been able to do very, very well, which is build your boat first then move on to the next one. Even if you want to, if not, you can just like you said, you can be anywhere in the world. You can sail anywhere you want on that boat and it'll take you there because you built it up so well. Well, here's and cheers to both of our fleets because we will have fleets of different boats and um, I think it's it's going to be super awesome. I love that analogy. That's so dope. I might steal it. Ooh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so one, one thing I want to ask you, Andrea, is like in business, as you know, it's super hard. It's very challenging at a lot of times. Most of the times. Most of the times, like you just want to like, you want to go kick and scream and cry, right? <laughs> I had one of those days actually today. I've been dealing with a crazy of a situation. We were supposed to close on a property tomorrow for a client that is buying another home, right? And it's getting pushed back. I almost got pushed back a whole month. I saved it. Now we're most likely closing on Friday. Nonetheless, crazy. It's real estate. I know this. And I know in your business, probably there's so many things that come up. So what's your why? 
what what keeps you going? I think I know the answer to this, but what what is it for you? I love that because I did not know what my why was until November of last year. Um and you know, I guess I guess I'd like to just tap into this because I feel like it would help. Um, you know, my why, you heard my why in the beginning, you know, the first why I had or what I thought was a why. Um, I I wanted to, you know, have financial freedom and all that stuff, but that's so vague. You know, it's like, yeah, everyone does, right? But like, what is your deep why? And for a while it was like, to be honest, I wanted to prove everyone wrong. Like that was my, that was the negative why that I didn't, I didn't realize was not the true source of motivation. It should never be. But I was like, I'm 22. Everyone said I made the wrong decision. I'm going to prove everyone wrong. And it's like, you know, you're like, oh, I can't wait for the in your face moment. And then I, when I got to that point where you get to the top and you're like, wow, I have everything I thought I'd never have. You don't have anything else to motivate you because you've proved everyone wrong. So I actually got to a really low point in my life where I um I was depressed. I was sad. And, you know, people would look at me and be like, Andrew, I'm so proud of you. You know, everyone, everyone wants to cheer once you hit it over the fence. And I didn't even care about the applause. And it was a really low part, part of my life. And thank God I had built systems and processes. So the business ran, but I, I couldn't even be there. And then come November, I had um, some really great mentors to help me through. And I, um, I found out what my real why was. My real why is to be able to empower people, being able to pour into people and and help people in any situation possible, being able to give back jobs to people in the Philippines, being able to see families, you know, put food on their table because of me. Like that was huge. And then to see investors, hundreds of my investors closing deals and being able to put food on their tables and be able to buy their kids nice toys in America and then seeing them buy their kids nice toys in the Philippines and seeing how they're able to grow and and scale that was the beautiful part about my why but ultimately you know the why is to show that I want to be that that person to show people who may or may not look like me people who are female maybe people who are young maybe people who inspire people who are older than me and and don't and that are not female you know i want to be that person of a source of inspiration because at the end of the day i knew that that's what i needed i needed that so bad last year and my why is truly to try to inspire and help as many people as possible because seeing the aftermath and the, and the ripple effect of that and being able to hear the successes on any side is is way more fulfilling than any other wire I get to my bank account. It's more fulfilling than any deal closed or anything I could ever get monetary wise. I drive a Nissan. Like <laughs> I don't care about the money. I really don't. Granted, I I do love the opportunities. I love to visit and go on vacation. I love to do those things. But to do those things and and be successful and have and and treat yourself while you're living inside of your purpose is one of the most incredible and fulfilling things. And it's deeper than what money can do for you any day. So that's it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And, and the reason why at the beginning, I, I feel like I knew what your why was is because I feel that in your work. 
you know, I can see that how you interact with the virtual, your, your virtual assistants. Like I, I, I can, I can feel it. I can see that like you, what's driving you is them, right. It's, it's providing for them. And it's really, a, it's, it's what you can do to, to really change their life and empower their life. Right. And that's investors, that's virtual assistants. That's, that's anyone that you can. And like the, the cool part about that, you and me some share that similar why that's one of my main things as well. The cool part about it, which you were able to do is you were able to impact the masses. Like you're impacting so many people's lives in your business. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on too, because I know what you're doing and I know how effective that is for people in the Philippines, people in America. Like it's, it's, it, that connection there is absolutely huge. It's huge and it's slept on too, for sure. It's undervalued and slept on because it really is providing a lot to a lot of people, which is you know, one of, one of my big things of creating this podcast is for what? It's, it's to, cry, to create value, education to the masses, right? That's my thoughts. I was like, all right, if I can create a way to do that, I, I, I was pretty successful in real estate so far. I want to I share that with everyone else. I want to share all my wins along the way. And like you said all the time, document. I want to document the journey so people can learn from the mishaps, the struggles, the failures. Like yourself, like you love to talk about the struggles. You love to talk about the failures. And that's that's what's making you great, right? Because you've got to really appreciate those times because that's what's going to get you over the edge too. And you got to understand that you first got to fail to succeed, right? And yeah. I, I absolutely love your why. And that's, that's really going to keep you going long-term. And honestly, it's so beneficial that that happened to you. That you, that you had to go through that depression there. You had to go through that tough times to find that out. Because I think a lot of us as millennials, as, as you know, young individuals, like we have a lot of entitlement. You know, we want to prove the world exactly what you were thinking. I, I felt the same when I was younger, right? Like I wanted to like prove everyone wrong. I wanted to be successful. I, and it wasn't just for me. It was to show, shove it in their face, right? And you learn along the way real quick in this business that, and, and, and just in business general, that is that is not going to last. You know what I mean? And, and it's more of like a high school thing too. I think that's instilled in us as kids, which is so messed up. And when you leave high school and even if you go off to college and when you leave college, you realize what life really is and none of that stuff matters. Nothing does. And you learn that money is nothing. It's only but a tool to get you to where you need to go and how many people you can really affect and and help through that. And those are the people that are really successful in my opinion, are the ones that are using money as a tool to help other people's lives like yourself. And and that's how I know, like, doesn't matter what comes up along your journey. It doesn't matter what speed bump you hit, you're going to overcome it because you have hundreds of people relying on you. And that's going to keep you going, you know, a hundred percent. There's nothing that's going to happen. That's going to prevent that from keeping you going. And I can see your company getting huge, very, very big, very quickly. And it already is. I can see it even doubling, tripling, 10 Xing this, this year, next year alone, just because of that, just because of those couple of things there. And I, I love that. That's absolutely awesome. I appreciate you. And I, same to you. And you know what? We get to do it together. And that's the beautiful thing, like impacting people. And there's, like I said, there's 7 billion people. And a lot of people don't share that why, but the people that do, especially when they become aligned, whether it's business, podcasting or whatever, it's a beautiful energy that gets shared because we are aligned and we are literally the change that we are making. And, you know, a change can be in any kind of niche area to any kind of person to any country. So I'm, I'm so proud of you. Like I'm genuinely proud of you. And I'm like, ah, I just, I'm just so proud of you. You're killing it and you're you're really, really um, providing so much value. And I appreciate you, you know, even thinking about me. So 
Definitely, definitely, Andrew. I mean, honestly, this is a great conversation. I've learned a lot from it. I know the listeners has, have as well. Like there is so much in here that is just full of value for all of us, for sure. And yeah, I, pre- I appreciate it. I appreciate, um, you know, all, everything for sure. So I, you already gave us so much advice from everything A to Z. I, 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 I want to see if there's just one piece though that you would, so, you know, say you're talking to someone, you know, I'm sure a lot of listeners in here are maybe thinking about starting businesses, maybe they don't have one yet and they're, they're just diving into it or they're just, you know, maybe they're in it a little bit and they don't really know what they're doing. They're trying to figure it all out. Right. That's what you got to do. You got to figure it all out. What is your one piece of advice you'd give them? My piece of advice is this. If you are wanting to start, which means you have taken responsibility for wanting to be a business owner, you need to take action and take responsibility of the role that you have put yourself into for your life. So what that means, if you want to be a wholesaler, but you are scared or you are lost or you just don't know what to do, you need to find out. You know, I'm not going to say, just keep going. Heck no, it doesn't help. You need to take action because, and you need to fail and be okay with failing. We do not want to fail because we are taught at a young age, and this is like tapping into emotional intelligence. We have taught at a young age that it's bad to fail. If you fail, you get a punishment, or you get grounded, or if you do something bad, this happens. Yeah, it's gonna happen, but at the end of the day, you learn from those things, and a lot of times we learn to become fearful. We learn to be anxious. We learn to say and overthink and overanalyze. Those are not something we're born with. We're, we grow into it. So when you run into that block and you say, hold on, I'm blocked, pause, think to yourself, what is stopping me? You might have to bring it back a few years and think back of why, and you might want to go really deep, or you might want to say, let me stop. Why am I upset right now? Why am I getting blocked? Why am I nervous? And you need to just push. You need to challenge yourself. It's like jumping into a pool when you get out of the hot tub and you know it's going to be cold, but you have to do it because it's great for your body. But when it comes to business, it's going to be great for your business. You have to jump and fail like you said, Justin, so that you can fail forward and learn because you will never know and you will always be stuck on what if I do this? What if I invest in this? What if I do this next move? And you will never move forward. And I will tell you one thing, analysis paralysis is very real. It is a deadly disease. And I was all about analysis paralysis and wholesaling. But when I found out that the virtual assistant thing was going to be my jam, I decided, okay, let me not tap into the what ifs. Let me tap into the why. Identify your why and accept responsibility for the role that you have put yourself in in your life. I love that. One, one of my uh, favorite, it's actually one of my core values today and uh, stand by it, I live by it. It's, it's our business core value nonetheless is take massive, imperfect, decisive action, right? You got you to do it. You, if you, if you, once you decide, like, I don't know if you've ever been like skydiving or cliff jumping or like you're going to go do some trick on a skateboard. Once you decide I'm going to do it, the people that fail the worst, people that get hurt are the people that second guess it and they don't dive in. Those are the people that really get hurt the most. And I've, I've seen this, I've done it and take that into life. For sure. You got to take that into life. And when you decide I'm jumping in this pool, you just go, you take massive, imperfect, decisive action because it's not going to be perfect. 
the only way to succeed is through failure. And like, honestly, like I, I had a lot of like failures over the past. I wouldn't call them failures. I, I wouldn't call anything a failure anyway, because the way they're described, like you said, from, from when it was stilled as kids is not the correct definition of what failure really is, but let's call them failures. Every time I come across one, like it's, it's, you need it. Like I, I appreciate my failures now and I sit down and I analyze it. Okay. Why did I get here? Where did I get here? And like, how do I get over this? And, and, the best, most important thing is what do I learn from this? Right. Right. What do I learn from this and what can I do to not prevent it? So this doesn't happen next time. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this right now in my business and I sat down, identified it. I, I came up with a solution. And now this problem that we're dealing with right now in my business, one of the problems, it's not going to happen ever again because I identified the solution to it. And now it's going to, it's going to solve so many problems down the line. And that's, that's what it is. It's when you dive in, you dive in. And I love that answer because uh, I relate to that heavily, heavily, but Awesome, Andrea. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but let me ask you this last one question here is uh, where can listeners find more information about yourself and your company? Definitely. Yeah. Well, we're on all social media platforms. YouTube's coming soon. So you got my my welcome to the channel, Mike. So it will be coming soon, but everything is under either my name or my company's name. I'm Andrea Stakes. That's on IG, on Facebook. Um, I have a TikTok, so you can check me out there. Um, and then also my company is Integria Virtual Staffing. We are Integria VA on IG, Integria Virtual Staffing on Facebook. You can always shoot us a message. Um, and you know, if you ever wanted to inquire or shoot us an email to see if we're a good fit for you, or even if you just want to let me know if I brought you value, uh, my email is Andrea at Integria Virtual Staffing.com. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I would highly recommend guys, if you are anywhere in business, honestly, not even just in business, if you need an assistant that would help you out in life, I would reach out to Andrea or even just consider the thought of getting a virtual assistant. Like it's been game changing to my business. And like, I can't wait to like, you know, we, we get some more capital so I can keep investing in, in, in assistance and in virtual assistance at that because one is way more affordable in America. Um, although I would love to, you know, pay some American workers, but I will have them. There'll be a time and place for them, but they're way more affordable and they're very good. They're workhorses. They get stuff done. And the way Andrea trains them is exactly what you need. If you're a real estate investor, wholesaler, agent, even anyone involved in real estate, Andrea is definitely your person to go to even just hop on a call. Like me and Andrea hopped on our call at the beginning. We talked about my business. She gave me some advice and we got going on it right away. And uh, next, next week I have a virtual assistant calling 40 hours a week for us. Um, and then, you know, I got a couple more after that and kept rolling with it. Um, and you know, I, I can't wait to get to 10 virtual assistants. Uh, and we'll, we'll be there probably by the end of this year, hopefully. <laughs> but there we go, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the home point experience. Thank you, Andrea, for taking the time and hopping on with us. This episode was nothing but gold nuggets as the home point experience always delivers, but thank you, Andrea. I really had a great time speaking with you and learning about your business and the startup of it. It's, it was awesome to hear about, and I'm super excited for your future. I really am, and I can't wait to see where it goes. I know we're going to probably hop on like a year time from now or something, and we can kind of see the change from now and then, and it's going to be incredible. 10x, 100x, I can definitely see it. So um, really, Andrew, you're doing a great job, and I love your company. Love everything you're doing. Thank you for hopping on. Listeners out there, go follow Andrea. Go find her on Instagram, on all those sites, TikTok, YouTube, the whole nine. And if you guys are interested in getting yourself a virtual assistant, that's your girl right there. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs>